It's got something. <laughs> we'll be discussing some basic uh, foundation here this morning. We'll be tackling faith. We'll start with uh, understanding what faith is, the different types of faith, how to use our faith, it takes work to reach our goal and the hindrances of Satan. So bear with me. You're in a Bible school right now. <laughs> Next slide, please. Understanding what faith is. Remember Pastor Kebs used to say, I mean, uh, Quoted on Hebrews 11.1. 1. I'll be speaking on uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 on King James Version. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The Greek word for substance here is hopostasis. Interestingly, it is a word that only used once in the entire Bible. I see that. The meaning of the Greek word for centuries is, is it was not clear, or very unclear, so to speak. Uh, this is not even used in the common Greek writings of the day. Some years ago, Archaeologists made a discovery that gave us the meaning of this Greek word, hopostasis. The story of the archaeological discovery, here is it. There was a woman who lived in Egypt by the name of Dioasis, the name of the lady, who had a court case over a piece of property. The lower court ruled against her, so she decided to appeal her case to the higher court in Alexandria and Egypt. Dioasia then sent her slave with a legal document in stone box. Unfortunately, the slave was killed in a fire in, the, in an inn he was staying. The bodies and everything remained just as they were until discovered in the desert by the archaeologists. Her letter, which is still readable inside the box, states, in order that the judge may know that my appeal is just, I attach my hopostasis. Attach to the letter was the title deed of her property. Are you getting this? Faith, therefore, is the proof of ownership that something belongs to us. Faith is the proof of ownership of our goal. That's homostasis. Next. Oh, this. 
If you have your Bible or Bible apps, open it on Genesis 13, I mean 15, 13 to 21. It's quite long to read it. Remember the title deed is different from possession date. Title deed is, di is different from possession date. Remember the story of Moses? God gave the land of Israel to I mean Abraham, but he could not possess it for 400 years. In our text, you cannot get discouraged because your possession date is not the same as your title deed. You, if you will continue to hope and continue in faith, you will have your possession one day. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. You know, there are things that we cannot experience with our physical senses. Like, like in our slide, protons, neutrons, electrons, you cannot see that. But these things exist, isn't it? There are things that exist in the realm of faith that we cannot experience with our physical senses. For example, God, you cannot see God, it's visible. Like I always said, let the invisible God be visible in you. Anyway, heaven, you cannot see heaven. Remember the floodwaters of Noah? There's no rain before that. It never rained until Noah's flood. Our healing when we are sick, our prosperity when we are having financial problem, our faith is proof that they exist. Our faith is the proof that they exist. Your prosperity even in you, you are in financial problem. Now we study the components of faith. Faith has part just like everything else. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The first part of faith is revelation, knowledge of God. God is God. No question. We believe that he exists. We believe that he exists as God. And we believe that God, as God, he can do what he says he can do. Okay. The second part of faith is revelation knowledge regarding the character of God. You must understand that God is the rewarder of those who seek him. You must understand the character of God. Accordingly, Faith is made of revelation knowledge of two things. God's power, God's character. To misunderstand either one of these will destroy a pers person's faith in God. Remember that. What faith is not? Faith is not presumption. Presumption is the idea that God must help us no matter what we do. That's presumption. Remember the story about the uh, temptation? Jesus is standing on the pinnacle of the temple with the devil tempting him to jump off. That's presumption. 
Presumption is that we make a decision about what we want God to do and thinking we can force God to do it. That's presumption. Faith is not positive thinking. Faith is not doing something just because everybody else is doing it. Remember, the people of Israel crossed the Red Sea in faith. God opened the Red Sea because God has told them to do. Now, the Pharaoh and his soldier attempted to follow them and all died. They were trying to imitate the faith of Israel, but God had not told them to do it. Are you getting this? Amen. Faith is not laziness expecting God to do all the work. We are called to be co-laborers with God. In Ephesians 2.10, Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, with God prepared in advance for us to do. For us to do. Faith is believing God to do what only he can do. And we do everything we can do. You still with me? Now we study the different types of faith. In here in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 9, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 9, the gift of faith. It was mentioned there. A gift of faith is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The gift of faith is given by the Holy Spirit for a certain time and purpose, and then it's gone. We must recognize that this is the gift of faith and not our own faith. Not our own faith in operation, so to speak. We must remember that we cannot even decide to have this gift. These gifts are given by the will of the Holy Spirit. Is that clear with you? Are you still with me? Okay. We may have a little faith. Faith that grows. One faith that grows. When we are born again, we'll have a measure of faith. Remember that? Romans 12, 3. Now, as we begin to grow in God, we decide what level of faith we will have. We may have little faith. In Matthew 16, 8, it says, Aware of this discussion, Jesus said, You of little faith, why are you talking about yourself about having no bread? So there is something like little faith. And we may have great faith. Matthew 8.10. Remember the centurion? When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. So there's little faith, faith that grows. We have little faith and we may have great faith. We may have perfect or complete faith. Faith. What is that? James 2, 21 to 23. James chapter 2, verses 21 to 23. 
Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac in the altar? You see that his faith and his action were working together. His faith and his action working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. See that? And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. Next. So our faith will grow from level to level based on two things. What are those? Our growth in the knowledge of the Word of God and our growth in the knowledge of God. First in the Word, first in the second is in Him. Oops, sorry. Our, in Romans 10, 7, 10, 17, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of Christ. So our growth is in the knowledge of the Word of God. In Hebrews 11, 6, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that rewards who earnestly seek him. So, knowledge of God. Remember, faith is made up of revelation knowledge of God's power and God's nature or character. Let me say that again. Remember, faith is made up of revelation knowledge of God's power and God's nature or character. Is there any wonder that Abraham had perfect faith? He's called the friend of God. Having faith and the ability to use faith, however, are two different subjects. Having faith and the ability to use faith are two different subjects. Now we'll go on how to use our faith. Luke 17, Luke chapter 17, verses 5 to 6. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small of a master seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. To use faith first require a goal. That's the point there of the scripture. But if you read the scripture, always seek for the content. And as soon as you learn the content, apply it. Amen? We have learned that faith is the title deed of something we are...
to his feet and come to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. See? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. We cannot give some vague answer like this. I want to be blessed. Must be specific. Amen? God has always helped great men of faith visualize their goals. Abraham looked into the stars in heaven to see the multitude of his descendants. Another one. The use of faith requires gold. The use of speech in the realm of faith. How is that? Our words have power. Our words have power. In Proverbs 18, 21, Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Our words have the power to give direction to our life. First, our words have power of life and death. Second, our words have the power to give direction to our life. James 3, verses 3 to 6. When we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, isn't it? Or take a ship, for example. Although they are so large, they are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Whatever the pilot wants to go, he goes. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider that the great forest is set, set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person. Sets the whole course of his life on fire. And itself set on fire by hell. James chapter 3 verse, verses 3 to 6. Another, our words have the power to bring about miracles. It's very important. Our words have the power to bring about miracles. Mark 11:23 Mark 11:23 I tell you the truth if anyone says to this mountain go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that he, may, he will say will happen it will be done for him our words have the power to bring about miracles our words have the power to overcome the devil Revelation 12, verse 11. Revelation 12, verse 11. They overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. By the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Revelation 12, 11. We must, therefore, put God's words deeply within our hearts. The words deeply in our hearts. Our words only have power when they are in agreement with God's words. Let me say that again. 
Our words only have power when they are in agreement with God's word. We cannot make ourselves, quote-unquote, confess the word of God. Confessions come out of the abundance of the heart. In Matthew 12.34, Matthew 12.34, it says, You brood of vipers, how can you? How, how can you who are evil say anything good? This is, this is the point here. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We must not, therefore, seek, seek to change our words by our will, but rather change our words by changing our hearts through the word of God. Another one is confession. What is confession? We must speak what we believe the word of God says rather than what we see in the situation. Let me say that again. We must speak what we believe the word of God says rather than what we see in the situation. Compassion is not lying. Compassion is merely stating that we believe God's word is a higher reality than what we see and feel with our physical senses. Let me say this again. Confession is merely stating that we believe God's word is a higher reality than what we see and feel with our physical senses. Jesus said that God's word was truth, isn't it? John 17, 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So God's word is truth. You know the Greek word for truth means reality. Very interesting. You must learn that no matter what our circumstances are, we will continue to believe in God's word. No, if we are sick, we do not simply say that we are sick. But rather say by the wounds of by his stripe I've been healed. Isn't it? First Peter 2.24 Back again to Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. In order to be specific with God we must have vision or dream the details of our goals. It is in this dreaming that we make decisions which need to be made in order to tell God exactly what we are asking him to do. We have also learned that the tongues, as I said earlier, can control the direction of our lives. And then there are some sort of stubbornness required in our faith. The refusal to give up. Some people think that using their faith means that they don't have to do anything. We will understand that faith is not equated with laziness. It is exactly the opposite. I like James. James, it says, James said, 
What good is it, my brother, if a man claims to have faith but no deeds? We'll, we'll take a look at two thoughts today. Another thought, it takes, it takes work to reach our goal. Faith and work must stand together. Faith, faith cannot exist alone. In James 2, 17 and 26. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. As the, whole, as the body of the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. You know, works cannot stand alone to move the hand of God. We must act in accordance with what we believe. Our action causes our faith to be visible. Here in James 2, 18 to 19, James 2, 18 to 19. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. So faith can be seen. That's the issue. Faith can be seen. When Jesus saw their faith, so there's something to be seen. How we act will be the demonstration of what we really believe. If we believe we are healed, they will get up and begin to do things normally. Don't have pity party. If we believe we are sick, we'll stay in bed and feel sorry for ourselves. That's not the way to do it. If we believe that God will give us a new house, we will begin to look for one, isn't it? If we don't, we won't look. Practical. If we believe that God will give us promotion, we will begin to study and prepare for it. If you don't, we won't. If you are praying for the rain, when you come out, bring your raincoat or your umbrella or your poncho. If we believe that God will give us a car, clean up your garage, take out all this junk. If we don't, we won't. Isn't it? The source of the ideas for our action, not our own minds, this will lead into presumption, putting God on the spot. Announcing someone will speak before you ever ask him or her. It's presumption. Forcing someone to do something. Proving our faith to man and God. God will not be forced into anything. Remember that. Our own ideas usually lead us into failure. You know, trying to get prosperity but buying lotto tickets. 
which leads to poverty. I mean, that's not God's way. Not the devil's ideas. You know, Satan will test with us with ideas on how to achieve the goals God has given us. In Matthew 4, 6 to 7, Matthew 4, verses 6 to 7, Satan even called God out of, out of context. That's why if you read the scripture, study the context, get the principle, and apply it. We must measure, measure all our ideas with the word of God. Satan will destroy us if he could. Remember that. If he cannot stop us from moving toward the goals of God, he will try to push us too far to get us off track. Two ways. Always that way. The command of Jesus as the source. Jesus will always show us what to do and will always be able to do what he tells us to do because he has already given us the equipment. Remember that. The commands of Jesus as the source. is the source. Jesus will always show us what to do and we will always be able to do what he tells us to do because he has already given us the equipment. Mary, his mother, to, his, to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Remember the changing of water into wine? Also Peter, in, in catching the, fish, the nets full of fish. You know, Peter could have been very proud and thought that he knew more about fishing because Jesus is a carpenter, he's a fisherman. Instead, he said, because you say so, he's saying, at your will, I will do it. At your will, I will do it. That's the point. If we do not obey the commands of God, we will we'll deceive ourselves. We'll deceive ourselves. We will not obey the commands of God. You're just deceiving yourself. James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. James 1, 22. If we do not obey, we will simply deceive ourselves. You are not deceiving anyone. You are deceiving yourself. The equipment for our action. It's very good. We should be starting to look for what we already have that we can use. Remember the story in Mark 6, 37 to 41? The feeding of the 5,000. Remember that? It was very easy for the disciples to say they could not do it. Jesus tell them, two, one, go and see what you have. Two, give it to him to multiply. Use it 
themselves. So the equipment of action, you already have it. You already have it. Prepare for the miracle. We already have what we need to work miracles. It's already in your possession. It is. Amen. The wedding in the wedding in Cana. Remember that the wedding in Cana. They had already pots and water. The, the disciples had the fish and loaves to feed the five thousand. Already have it. Moses had the rod. Had it. Peter had a boat and a net to catch the fish. All we need to do is place it in his hands and work. Place it in his hands and work. You know, there is, there is this, uh, when we, we are in, in South Korea, in Paul Youngis Church, Yodo Paul Gospel Church, there was this uh, young lady, I mean, old little woman, so to speak, at, at this church who gave his, her rice bowl and chopsticks. It's like the miracle of the oil. Remember that for the oil is that is every container was filled. The same thing happened in South Korea. With a little rice bowl, it keeps on giving. It's not getting empty until the last bowl of rice on the line was filled. It happens. Not only in the Bible, it happens. It happens. Expect miracle. She gave what was already in her hands, then the miracle of provision happened. But we must know there are some hindrances. Like We must be, get ready for it. There are times that the devil will attempt to stop us from reaching our goal, and we must answer the question, can he do it? Can he? Let's, let's work on Apostle Paul, the goal of, the, of Paul. It's a very good, Paul is a very good example. Paul operated with goals. He practiced what he preached. He had a long-term goals. In order to use our faith in everyday realm, we must also have goals. I just keep on saying that. We will examine one of his short-term goals today. So it's a good illustration for us to apply. Paul's goals concerning Thessalonians. The desire of Paul, Paul felt very deeply for them. He cared for them as a nursing mother. It's in 1 Thessalonians 3.7. If you have your Bible or Bible apps open, it's in 1 Thessalonians. Start in, verse, in chapter 2. He cared for them as a nursing mother. He cared for them tenderly as a father. Being torn away, he chased there. In 1 Thessalonians 2.17, being torn away literally means being orphaned among you. Paul 
felt as a parent who had been torn away from his child. That's the actual meaning of the word. Paul's great desire, his goal, his desire, his goal, was to be with the Thessalonians. So in, in 1 Thessalonians 2.18, we wanted to come to you, certainly, Paul did. I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. Literally, there is the is intense longing. It's in the same Greek word that used for lust. Everything within his inner being was crying out to come to Thessalonica. The same way we should feel toward our short-term goals. There should be a tremendous desire within us to see them accomplished. God's desire in our heart gives desire. I mean, God gives desires in our heart. We'll never reach our goal with so what, quote-unquote, attitude. In here, in our text, the efforts of Paul, in King James Version of the 2.17, chapter 2.17 of Thessalonians, but we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see you face with great desire, endeavored. The Greek word gives us two basic ideas. They cannot be translated by just the word endeavored. It gives the idea of haste. Paul was not slow in beginning to reach his goal. He began immediately and work quickly. He gave us the idea of earnestness. Again, persistence. Paul did not just try once, he tried again and again. So there's persistence. We will know that we do not always accomplish our goal in the first attempt. Paul did not, we will not. What's the reason for this? Hindrance of Satan. There are many names the devil for the devil in the Bible, but he used Satan here. Why? Satan, devil, the accuser of the brethren, serpent, there's many things. Paul used the same name as Satan. Why? Satan, why? Satan defined. Let's define. It means adversary, opposing spirit, or one that is adverse. You see the implication to be useful of the name Satan? Satan's opposition of Paul concerning the, his Thessalonian goals. Stop him. So Satan here always tried to hinder Paul. He cut our road. That's what he said. So how, how did he cut the road? Delay. Number one is delay. Delay is in the spiritual realm. Daniel was 21, prayed 21 days. Delayed receiving the answer. Isn't it? Remember that incident? Delay will usually result in two attitudes. Discouragement. And fear begins to enter. You know fear is the devil's fate. Fear motivates Satan, Satan to let like faith motivate God. How do we overcome sin hindrances? 
Eventually, Paul get to Thessalonica on his third missionary journey. How did Paul defeat opposition? By persistence, by prayer, by proper confession, by using another way. It's very important, by using another way. There is always another way to do it. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. He is care for people. He cannot come, though he sent, he sent, he sent Timothy. There's, another, there's always another way. Don't get discouraged. Be persistent. Amen? Okay, I have to, I have to cut now. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, nothing that shakes the kingdom of darkness more than us as believers that praise in fearless faith in you. We believe in the truth of your ability to deliver us from our situations, dismantle all of the enemy's attacks, discouragement, depression, and all hopelessness, all lose their grip in the midst of our unshakable faith. Lord, you give us spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Our faith in you frees us up to walk in the fullness of the spirit. Thank you, Lord. We truly believe you are that you say you are. You can do what you say you can do. Thank you. Heavenly Father, right now in the, in the name of Jesus, we hold fast to the truth of who you are in our lives. We know and believe that our help comes from you alone. There is nothing in our pathway that can prevent us from walking in the fullness of favor, love, and complete unity with you. We believe, Lord, that blessings are coming our way now. Doubt is living and faith is replacing fear. We position our heart right now to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Raise your hand for the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Jesus, I, I surrender.